Welcome to a bonus episode of Lectures in History with a look behind the scenes of C-SPAN's most popular podcast. I'm Shannon Rice, a podcast producer here at C-SPAN, and I'm joined by my colleague Rachel Katz. We're talking to John McArdle, coordinating producer for American History TV and Book TV. Thanks for joining us, John. Glad to be here. Really excited that you just called it C-SPAN's most popular podcast. It makes me really happy. It is C-SPAN's most popular podcast, and that's why we wanted to do this, to get some questions answered. So why don't you start by letting us know why C-SPAN even started the series Lectures in History? It got started back at the very beginning of American History TV. American History TV starts in January 2011, I believe. I was not working at C-SPAN at the time, um, as a way to highlight the the history that's happening every day in college classes around the country and to let viewers be a fly on the wall uh, in these classrooms, to go from uh, college classroom to college classroom and sit in for one day on a lecture. It's it's a great series. It's it's a very, in some ways, a, a simple concept that uh, it's kind of surprising that it hadn't been thought of be- before. Um, and it lets these professors show off what they do best and what they've researched their whole life uh, with us and our viewers on C-SPAN. How do you go about finding the professors who are willing to actually have their lectures recorded? It's not exactly uh, a science. It's it's a little bit more of an art. Um, I mean, what we're looking for is, is different eras in American history, different topics, different viewpoints. Um, you know, we, we try not to go back to the, the same colleges too many times. That's not to say that we haven't been back to some colleges, especially some in the D.C. area that are a lot easier to get to um, multiple times. Um, uh, sometimes we can get on a, a roll of a, a type of history. And um, uh, the, the example I can give is in the past year, we've been looking at state history. Um, every state, there's a, a professor at some college in every state who does the history of North Carolina, the history of West Virginia, the history of Ohio. And so we realized there's 50 lectures there we could do. And so uh, it's identifying the professor who's teaching that class. Um, and you've seen several of them already uh, this year or coming up this semester on, on lectures in history. Uh, the one I think that just aired last weekend, um, Chris Laws was the, the lecturer at NC State, and he taught the, the history of North Carolina. And I didn't have a specific lecture in mind when I called him. I just said, uh, and we do this a lot, we identify kind of the topic of the class and say, what's your favorite lecture? What, what do you think is your best lecture? Because all these professors, you know, they'll say it's like picking their favorite child, but they do have like a favorite lecture, right? Or one that they think they do the best. Um, and that's the lecture I want. If that's the lecture they're excited about, that's the lecture that they think they get the most engagement from their students, then that's the lecture I want. And so Chris Laws uh, taught a class about Worth Bagley, who was the first line officer, naval officer to die in the Spanish-American War uh, and how his death was was used after the war. He became a symbol of reconciliation. He was the first um, officer to die under the American flag after the Civil War. And he was from a former Confederate state, right? So it was this, this moment of reconciliation uh, of the end of sectionalism. But then how his death was also used in the decades after that by individuals in the South who wanted to go back and, and start raising monuments to the Confederacy. Um, so it was a really interesting lecture, and it was a, a bit of history that I had no idea about. And if he said the Worth Bagley lecture is the one that I want to do, 
to me, or if that's what I read in a syllabus, I would have had no idea what that meant because I didn't know the history of, of Worth Bagley. So, um, so a lot of it is, is depending on their judgment, their excitement, um, as long as we sort of identify what we want, right? We don't want um, 20 lectures on the Civil War every semester. We want to vary it up, uh, and we want to vary up the eras too. So that's what we kind of you know, search around and find these professors who do these different things. So I was a history major in college. As was I. It feels like a million years ago. But if I or any of our listeners or watchers have a professor that they love from college that they want to get on this program, can viewers recommend certain professors to to your team? Oh, my God. Email me, <laughs> jmccardle at c-span.org. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly bugging colleagues for... Uh, especially our our youngest colleagues and interns who are, are are still in college. I'll say, is there a history professor that you know that you like? Um, we've done at this point. I looked it up, 542 lectures uh, over the course of of this series. Uh, the first one, actually, two of the first three were from the University of Virginia. The first one was William Hitchcock of UVA. He did a, a lecture on U.S. containment strategy after World War II. And then the third one was Julian Bond, uh, the late Julian Bond, who was at the University of Virginia. He did a lecture on Rosa Parks. And uh, all of that is to say that we've had a whole lot of professors and we're always looking for new faces. Um, And there are new professors entering the field all the time. You know, we, uh, Julian Bond obviously was a fantastic lecturer um, and a known commodity. I'd also like to find the unknown commodities. We've done a couple recently with not even full-time professors, but they're lecturers. Um, they're graduate students who are um, teaching a, a class and, and the lecturer. Um, and some of these th- these folks are great. Um, so we don't necessarily need the most well-known commodity. That's not to say, like I said before, that there, there haven't been some repeats who are very good. The one that comes to mind is, is Joseph Campbell. I looked him up. He I think he did five or six lectures over the course of this series, and I say did because he's retired. Um, I had him as a professor. At American, right? Yep. Um, he was fabulous. He he is great, and all of his lectures are great, and, and it got to the point where we kind of trusted if he pitched a lecture to us, right? So last semester, he said, hey, do you want to come film this lecture on the 1990s? He, he was doing this class on the 90s, and his last lecture was, what was the, the cultural zeitgeist of the 1990s? What was, what was the thing that defined the 90s? Was it the Clinton decade? Was it the terrorism decade? Was it the Seinfeld decade, that nothing matters? Um, so he took you through all these different arguments for and against these different ways to find the, the cultural zeitgeist of the 90s. Um, and what I knew going into it when he pitched it to me and what his students didn't know is that he announced at the end of the class that it was his last class ever that he was teaching because uh, he was retiring. And so he wanted and we wanted to, to have the cameras there, too, for him giving his last lecture in front of students. Um, so, uh, again, uh, there's ones we know. There's many more out there we don't. So I'm happy to take pitches and recommendations from, from folks who love this podcast. Do professors pitch themselves to you or do they ask you to come back if you've done one and they've developed a new lecture that they're giving the next year or something to come back and do that one also? You, you know who, well, there are some who, who know this series and, and will do that and say, hey, this is a, another good one. You should get this one. Um, but the press people at the universities and the colleges love us. And and uh, there are several who know this series well. Um, and it, whether it's them being a good press person and pitching their folks or these professors coming to them and saying, hey, I had a colleague that was on this. I want to be on this too. Um, 
but we get some good pitches from uh, from the press people at a, at a lot of different colleges around the country, a- including um, one I wouldn't have thought of doing last semester, but it was just a great pitch and it turned out to be a great lecture. Um, it was from a professor at the University of South Carolina, Kent, Germany is his name, and he developed this class during COVID uh, as a way of getting outside the classroom, physically outside the classroom, but it was the history of the outdoors and how the the landscape and the um, the city of Columbia, South Carolina influenced the development of the history of South Carolina. And so he would take his students along this stream and point out, here's this monument over here, the Civil War monument, here's what was happening in the 1930s in Columbia with this old building. But it was a great class on the history of Columbia, South Carolina, all outdoors. Um, and uh, and it was the first time that I had done that we had put our cameras outside and followed a professor walking around outside. It's a little bit more controlled inside a classroom, lighting and sound and that sort of thing. Um, but it worked. It worked out great. That's that's one I definitely recommend. I know you mentioned Julian Bond and you mentioned Joseph Campbell of American, but do you have if you had to sell this series to somebody, is there one or two episodes that you would say, hey, check this out. It'll really give you an idea of what this series is about and you're going to want to stick around and listen to some more? It's like you're making me pick from my favorite children. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> That's here? what I'm doing, yes. <laughs> um, no, I mean, there, there's going to be names that you recognize and there's names that you don't. Um, there's topics that you'll recognize and, and topics that you don't. Um, and when I'm browsing through the course offerings and I'll look at the history courses, I'll look at art history, I'll look at... Um, economics, because sometimes there are professors who teach economic history, and that fits into sort of our rubric of, of what we're doing on lectures in history, English department. Um, but sometimes I'm, I'm just looking for an interesting class name. There was a there was one last semester that was the history of the apocalypse. And I'll take any class on the history of the apocalypse. It sounds fantastic. Um, and there's one coming up later this year that I think we're going to film in December. And it was the I think the class name was like the history of cults in America. Um, Very so well, that, that sounds one. great. Yeah. So I mean, pick <laughs> whatever topic interests you. I guarantee you're gonna find something on the more than 500 lectures that are that are in this series, and that's what we try to do uh, every every semester when we're booking classes. We try to to switch it up, find different viewpoints, find different topics, and like I said, the different areas. We don't want 20 lectures on the Civil War, even though I could probably book that every semester. American History TV is 24 hours every weekend. So how does Lectures in History, just a one hour to an hour and a half program, fit in with the other programming that you have? So our Lectures in History program is is one of uh, three weekly programs that we have on American History TV. So it's Lectures in History. It starts our American History TV 24 hours at 8 a.m. Eastern. Um, and then at 9.30 uh, Eastern time is our President Series. Um, a series about any of the presidents and first ladies uh, and topics uh, across all eras on that. And then we have a Civil War series at 2 p.m. Eastern um, on American History TV as well. So uh, there can be some crossover. Uh, like I said, there's been several Civil War um, lectures in Lectures in History. They could fit for, um, for that Civil War series. Um, there are some times where I find a a person on a different series, and I know that they're a history professor at a college, and I want to book them for lectures in history. So there was uh, Paul Quigley, uh, who is the director of the Virginia Center for Civil War Studies, and he's at Virginia Tech. 
I knew he was a professor, so I wanted to book him as well. Um, for the presidency, it's the same sort of thing. It can cross over. Uh, we had a lecture last semester. Julia Azari of Marquette University um, taught a class on the presidents and was doing a lecture on Jimmy Carter. Obviously really timely with um, the, the Carter's health issues. Uh, so we wanted to make sure we got that class. It was the legacy of the Carter presidency. So that's one uh, that we got last semester that we wanted to make sure we had. So there can be some crossover again. It's not a uh, science. It's more of an art. Um, but we all work well together and and, and share our, uh, our our various lecturers and, and uh, folks that we book for our series. So um, we haven't had a problem yet. So let's get a little bit into logistics. And how long does it take to coordinate this with a professor and the school and the students in the class? I think sometimes it seems like we just put a camera up in the back and we record it and then we can put it on air. But I know there is so much more that goes into it. So share a little bit so that people understand what it takes to get one of these programs on air. I mean, it's like anything else. Some are a much heavier lift. Obviously, all the ones in the D.C. area know us and know how we work. There's back and forth with the professor at the beginning of kind of identifying that class and what they like. And then we usually bring in the press folks at the university to say, hey, our cameras are going to be on campus that day. There's the logistics of literally getting into the classroom. It takes about two hours of setup before the class starts uh, for us to to be ready. We want to be ready when the students walk in. We don't want to hold up a college class. These kids are there. They've paid their their money as university students to have these lectures and be part of these lectures. So the last thing we want to do is have them wait on us. So we are, we get into the classroom well in advance. We're set up. And then there's like, there's logistics like PowerPoint presentations. I know on the podcast, the, the podcast listeners don't see that, but we want to make sure we have all the visuals for when you watch it on American History TV on C-SPAN 2 on Saturdays, starting at 8 a.m., um, 8 a.m. Eastern. We want to make sure that that's all uh, switched in so viewers can see what the professor is trying to show. Um, so some can take a lot of hand-holding. Um, the, the graphics for doing it on the, the television portion of it are pretty easy because the only person we identify on screen is the professor. If students ask questions, the podcast viewers won't know this, but they're not identified on screen. You often hear the student questions, uh, but we don't go around and ask for the names of the students who, who ask questions. They are just a student in the class that day. Um, and then there's some post-production work and scheduling. So, um, like I said, some are pretty easy to and run themselves, and some take a little bit more hand-holding. Given that Lectures in History is our most popular podcast, what do you think it is about this program that makes it so special? I think it's what people want in a podcast. Um, you know, about 45 minutes to an hour and a half of a smart person talking about a topic that they know very well and, and clearly love, because they've spent their life researching this. Um, I think it's that. I, I think that's all people want in a podcast. You want to, whether it's you're listening to a podcast uh, on a run or while you're sitting in the car traveling to work, that time frame, that 45 minutes to about an hour and a half time frame usually fits for most people. And you walk away from it learning something. So what more could you want in a podcast? And how many people work on the Book TV and American History TV team together? On Book TV and American History TV, it's about 10 folks who uh, do that 48 hours of, uh, of programming every weekend on C-SPAN 2. So again, it's American History TV uh, from 8 a.m. on Saturday, 8 a.m. Eastern, Eastern to 8 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. And then Book TV is 8 a.m. 
Eastern on Sunday to 8 a.m. Eastern on Monday. John McArdle, the coordinating producer for Book TV and American History TV, thank you so much for joining us today. So happy to be here and so happy to hear again that it is our most popular podcast. Well, remember, if you like this podcast and want to hear more Lectures in History, follow this feed so you never miss an episode. Find all of Lectures in History wherever you found this podcast, also on the C-SPAN Now app and online anytime at c-span.org.